stop Ouija. I don't have enough arcane power. Where am I needed? I need fury, not enough hatred. Resupply here! Spawn more overlords. They're taking the point! I can't for me! Yes! Victory! Greetings, friends and fellow gamers. Welcome to this episode of Not Enough Resources, a bi-weekly gaming podcast hosted on roguesportal.com. My name is Ryan. You can find me online at Ryan M. Holt for the time being. I'm actually looking into some fun social media rebranding. And uh, we are, of course, this week joined by our illustrious and well-versed co-host, Dylan. Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm doing super fantastic, awesome, great. And I'm super glad to be here discussing video games with my very good friend, Ryan Holt. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. Uh, let's just jump right in. Is there anything that has been itching your uh, gaming fingers, your triggers, anything that you've been playing recently? Yes. So I've played kind of an absurd amount of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I consider myself very lucky on this. And so I have kind of re-entered that sphere of reading the books and I've started using D&D Beyond for the first time. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, no, I don't like this. But I started messing around with it again, and then I accidentally got tricked and got a membership, and which is a whole other story. But that led me to that. And then because like you can't just play Dungeons & Dragons forever, I started playing Divinity Original Sin, which is the first of those two games. And it's super difficult. I've been playing it by myself. Um, and it's, it's really fun, man. I, I, did you play the Divinity game at all? Uh, I have dabbled in it. Not enough beyond like 15, 20 minutes though. Like, I think I played through the tutorial and that was it. Yeah. When I, when I bought it, that was, that was all that I kind of invested like 20 minutes in it. It was a two player game and I bought it because two of my friends were playing it. Well, I was the odd man out at that point. Um, and so... I was like, oh, well, I'll wait and play it with them. And then they, like, burned themselves out on it. And so I never came back to it until I was like, wow, I really want to play Dungeons & Dragons. Wait, I can't. I don't really feel like playing Skyrim. I want to play, like, something turn-based that's a little bit uh, more laid back because I have also been binge-watching the second season of Critical Role. And so I wanted something that I could do at the same time. And Divinity Original Sin was, was great for that. It's... Pretty complex. Uh, I, I really like it. I mean, everybody's been ranting and raving over the second one. My computer was like, nah, fam, I can't do that for you. <laughs> and so I uh, jumped into the, the first one again. I, I highly recommend giving it another shot, especially I think you can hot seat play it with, with Caitlin, uh, which would be a ton of fun. Oh, man. To... That, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. would be awesome. One of our favorite things to do when we have time is hot seat civilization. Yeah. Always, always a good time. Highly recommend hot seat gaming. Um, if you have the opportunity, always fun. But uh, so are you playing just like missions? Are you playing a specific character? What is what about it is like ringing true to you? So. When I jumped into it, I mean, and this has always been kind of a problem of converting the role-playing games, the tabletop role-playing game, into a video game. And there's been a couple of really good kind of forays into that space. And in this one, being that it's turn-based, it does allow for 
more specific um, interactions. So you have so you play as two characters at the same time, and those two characters interact with each other and build kind of a rapport, which is really fun. And it affects their stats. It affects how you interact with other characters that you can talk to. And there's ways to like avoid combat, which is one of my favorite things about playing tabletop games. Is I'm big on playing characters that with high charismas that talk themselves out of a situation instead of reaching for an axe. Um, and this game has a little bit of that. It also has a lot of kind of forced encounters where you're fighting and exploring. The two characters that I'm running right now, one is kind of a, a traditional cleric. I'm I'm role playing him as lawful good, very big on on healing, and the other one is a uh, a wizard. Uh, playing his is him as kind of a lawful good as uh, no, I'm sorry, not lawful good, lawful evil as a um, what's the word? Necromancer? No, no, not a necromancer. Just the the opposite the yin to the yang of this lawful good cleric but it is kind of fun and it does let me because i again i've been playing well i've been dming a lot which if you've dm'd before it's quite a bit of work and so in order to kind of get to play this is the closest that i could get to it at the time and again i i really like it it's got enough depth and it's it's kept me really entertained and it's great because it's turn-based so you can get up and make a sandwich or do something else now, you were speaking earlier about how good it felt as a translation of the tabletop experience. Does that, is it tied to any specific one edition to, uh, of Dungeons and Dragons? I know one of the most famous adaptations of a tabletop game is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is based off of, uh, third edition D&D. Is there any sort of that, or is it kind of just like its own thing, really dense? So I've I've only played first edition and fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. As far as the Dungeons and Dragons games go, I've I've played some other independent ones. I've never touched Pathfinder, which I know Pathfinder is just basically an, a diff, a better version of third edition. Is that right? It's a uh yeah better considered it a came sequel out. to third edition. Yeah, yeah, because 4th edition was garbage, and Pathfinder was like, we're just going to take everything we love about 3rd edition and make it sexier. Yeah, and so I I can't... To me, it doesn't really feel like either, other than the fact that on the difficulty I'm playing as at, the game is not easy. The first two times I started to play it, I died in the first encounter. The third time, you actually have to strategize and think... And that reminds me a lot of first edition, which I really like because you're punished for making mistakes. You really have to think things through. And that's a thing that I love about role-playing games or tabletop role-playing games, as well as just role-playing games in general is it shouldn't be, you shouldn't run into a room, pull out your sword and swing the sword. And that's how you solve every problem. What's great about tabletops is you have all of these other ways to solve problems. And this gives you that. Nice. I'm glad that you are enjoying Divinity. You're playing on PC, right? Uh, Divinity Original Sin on PC. It's on um, GOG. Uh, Good old games, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, And so it's... I think it's pretty cheap at this point, too. Uh, It doesn't doesn't take a whole lot of power out of a computer. 
which I'm hoping because again I've heard that the second one is uh, an arm and a leg better than than original sin. Most people's complaints, my understanding about original sin is that it's too difficult, which I would agree. Like there were there are times when I have just stopped playing because it was too hard, but I, I still come back to it mostly just because it's it's filling a void. So nice. What have uh, what have you been up to? What have you been you been Doing any hack and slashing, or? Uh, yeah, I actually, um, for my Nintendo Switch, I, uh, participated in some holiday sales, got, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is great, it's, it's Mario Kart, and I'm super, always super jazzed about that, and then I got, uh, Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, which is a mouthful. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I had played it before on the Wii U and, uh, decided to get it again because it has a bunch of extra DLC characters like Majora and Tetra from Wind Waker and all sorts of fun stuff. And it's just really, really cool to have that kind of like hack and slash experience on the go. Uh, I've been taking it with me to work and playing on my lunch break and stuff like that. I, I absolutely loved it when I got to play it. Do you have a preferred character? Um, Right now I'm still going through the story mode, unlocking everybody. I really just, I really, 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 really like Link's design. Um, I, I think the scarf is cool. I think it kind of updates him and makes him a, a little more... Uh, I don't want to say samey, because, I mean, Link is Link, you know? You, you you have expectations for what he's going to look like, and I think this subverts it just enough uh, without it being too unrecognizable. Um, the other one I really like is Linkle. Linkle's a lot of fun. Um, Linkle wasn't in the Wii U version. Linkle was in the DS version and, of course, the Switch version, the Definitive Edition, and uh, she uses two crossbows and feels a lot like the Demon Hunter from Diablo. So that's always a lot of fun, too. She's strong. I, I had some fun. I played a little bit of her. My go-to was uh, Zont. Mostly yeah. because he was a goof and made all these crazy sounds and jumped up on a giant pillar and then fell forward with the pillar on top of things to destroy them. Yeah, no, he's he's funny, too. I like Ganondorf. Ganondorf's got a really cool kit. And it's really interesting seeing, like, all of these characters that, like, I always go in the back of my head, like, oh, man, I wish that guy was in Smash Brothers. So to see them with, like, these really big expanded move lists is kind of fun. Yes, yeah. I think I I would love to see a Goron in Smash Brothers. I think that would be so good. Uh, but I've always been like, man, I wish I could play as a Goron um, outside of not just in the Majora's Max sense, but that if you, if you added a little bit of a, um, an RPG element or more of an RPG element to a Legend of Zelda game that at the beginning you could choose a race. And of course, Gorons would be one of them. I always thought that would be really fun, a, a cool experience. Yeah. And Hyrule Warriors, like as far as the storyline is concerned, it's like, if Michael Bay directed a Zelda film. Oh, yeah. It's insane. There's, like, explosions all the time. There's, like, alternating timelines. It's just a goofy good time. 
that has a lot of winks for really big Zelda fans. And I'm definitely enjoying it. And, you know, having that experience on the go, like, in in my bag at all times is, like, really, really rewarding. I was really, honestly, when I bought the Switch, just like, oh, this is going to be my Nintendo machine that I sit at home and I look at it every once in a while because I'm excited that Metroid Prime 4 is eventually going to come out. But now, you know, I'm playing it as often as I can, and I think that's a true testament to the design of the system, not necessarily just the games. Have you unlocked Skull Kid and such yet? Uh, not yet. I'm I'm probably going to drop a lot of time into Skull Kid, Majora, whatever you want to call it. I, yeah, I... We didn't have it unlocked when I was playing, and I was really sad because I wanted to play Skull Kid and King Daphne's as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool characters, and it's really like deep cuts too. And I'm just really enjoying it, even though it is kind of samey. And once you learn one combo with one character, you really don't need to worry about anything else. But you know, I'm I'm having fun with it, and that's what matters, right? Yeah, I mean, that's gaming. That's gaming, baby. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to news. The big thing that happened actually just earlier today, uh, we were recording this on Friday, was there was the big show reveal of Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, There was a brief teaser trailer played during the Game Awards uh, back in December that was really interesting in this one. Uh, This event that was held today was playable. They confirmed the first, like, eight characters, I believe, uh, including one new character. And I don't know, Dylan, have you watched it? Do you have any thoughts? Are you super hyped for Mortal Kombat? So there was quite a bit of, I guess if you want to call it controversy, around the release, because people didn't like the song. But I'm always excited for a Mortal Kombat game. I mean... I'm never expecting, like, anything crazy new. These games don't really have any reason to evolve that much other than just trying to find more balance, and that's what every fighting game should look to do. I mean, there's some simple things that they can do. Um, Like, they might change add a tag element, for example, or the way the health bars work in Injustice compared to the round system in a traditional Street Fighter. So those are little things that they can play with and, and add-ons and also like little character customization. So I, it, it's another Mortal Kombat game, and I love it. I mean, it's prettier, nasty, gory blood effects, which I love. Um, mostly, I'm just really excited. I have it pulled up right now and am watching a fight between Baraka and Scorpion, and it just looks really pretty. I know these are good gamers, and so everything looks really fluid. It might be the people playing them, but... Also, everything just looks so fluid and clean from an animation standpoint, and I love how they do the violence. I mean, they're just so good at it. I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. Um, It's very weird because you can tell that NetherRealm, the studio that's making it, is kind of slipping into... A holding pattern, I want to say. If you don't know this, NetherRealm is owned by Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Interactive, which is why NetherRealm is the team that makes the Injustice games. And it seems like this is going to be the pattern is, you know, 
last year we got Injustice, they took a year off, and now we're going to get Mortal Kombat. So in two years, I'm expecting a third Injustice game. And it looks like, based on what I've been reading and seeing on social media and things like that, that this is going to take a lot of the things I didn't like about Injustice 2 and put them in Mortal Kombat. Um, I'm speaking specifically to the loot boxes, uh, having the ability to uh, have characters separated by gear, and I just, I don't know if that stuff belongs in the fighting game genre, uh, the fighting genre, you know? It really doesn't. I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's pretty garbo, and I will say that if they're going to continue down that path, like, learn your lessons, guys. I mean, loot boxes and that style of gaming isn't made for every kind of game. The yeah, ah, so irritating. I will say that uh, compared to the Injustice series and the last Mortal Kombat game that I played, this one it does seem faster. Which I will say, like Injustice Two especially, felt so slow to me. Yeah, as felt far very as, mechanical. Yeah, so mechanical, and I think that might be what I'm talking about when I say fluidity. Is that it's it should look fast like you should have fighting games at the highest level is all about counting frames and if you go too slow i think it takes away from like the look and feel and how cool it is to like pull off those combos however it does open it up to like it does make the skill a little bit less for counting those frames and and, and getting that perfect frame on your stuff but if they're gonna do this same thing i think we're gonna see a continuing trend of these other fighting games, including Smash, and continuing to take over the competitive side of fighting games. And that's just because, again, every iteration of a fighting game should be more about like finding balance in a larger character pool. Yeah. And this pushes you further away from that. So it's just a horrible decision. Yeah, because how do you balance Scorpion with, you know, 20 or 30 different weapon options versus Sub-Zero with his own 20 or 30 different weapon options. Like, you, the answer is you don't. Exactly. Eventually, someone will find the one or two characters with specific weapon options that are the best, and then that game is dead in the water competitively. If it doesn't have, like, a following similar to a Melee, which I think we're seeing... Not a like the death of melee, but I think we're gonna see people opening up to playing new Smash. At least I hope, just because again, more characters. Nintendo has stated that they're interested in balance and helping the competitive scene, so and that's the right direction. Opening up these massive options, like you said, it just you can't balance it, and therefore it's no good in the eyes of the fighter. Yeah, well, and then at that point it becomes World of Warcraft, which. World of Warcraft is good. I enjoyed World of Warcraft. I put a lot of time into it once upon a moon. But I don't know if that belongs in the fighting game genre. I don't know if, you know, having to grind for gear to get the most optimal suit of armor for your character. I don't know if that is even something I would even want to explore. Like even Smash Ultimate has like its spirits mode where like you can equip different like spirits to fighters to give them bonus effects. But by and large, I think the community is just ignoring it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, uh, I mean, we talked about it when we talked about Injustice 2. There wasn't a, a mode where you just had the top tier of all the gear when you were playing with your friends locally, right? There was an option to turn it on, but it was buried in a weird place that unless you were looking for it, you wouldn't even know it was there. Um, the other thing that was really weird about Injustice that I think I'm hoping this Mortal Kombat fixes is Injustice didn't just bury cosmetics in their loot boxes, but their loot boxes also had um, special moves in them as well. Uh, like button combo moves, not necessarily, you know, your light punches, heavy punches or whatever, but, you know, your left-right hard punches, and that would do one thing. And I think that, that to me, felt more uh, like pay-to-win than if it was just like cosmetics and a cool cape for Superman, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's, again, you never want to see in these loot box type games, if you're going to put in your game, should never be pay to win. It's got to be pure cosmetics. Otherwise, it's going to be EA Battlefront 2 on release all over again. Yeah. Speaking of EA and Battlefront and everything like that, Kotaku has reported this week that EA has shut down another Star Wars game. And, like, I don't know. I think that this just shows that this idea of Disney giving all complete control of Star Wars to one studio has been really bad, honestly. Um, Dylan, do you have any thoughts on that? Just disappointment. Once again, I mean, last time we talked about this, then it was, yeah, when was the last time we got a really high-quality Star Wars game that everybody liked, uh, alongside with the whole... I wouldn't say a rediscovery, but we're in kind of a golden age of single-player games, which Star Wars games really thrive, or should thrive in that, and we're just not getting that content, and it's... Uh, again, there's so much money to be made there. There are people that just buy Star Wars games because they're Star Wars games, and so... I mean, if they're if they're sacking a bad project, that's great, but at the same time... I want that sweet, sweet Star Wars content. I want to eat it up. I want it to be nummy, nummy in my mouth and have that good mouthfeel. And then I want to digest it. And then I want to eat more Star Wars food. And if I can't, I'm I'm just, I'm upset about it. Honestly, I've, I keep talking about Star Wars Jedi Outcast 2 for no reason. Well, for a reason, probably because I haven't got to play any Star Wars games. Yeah. Well, and like every time I get that Star Wars itch, I go, oh man, I want to play like a new story in Star Wars and like, it's just, it's not there. You know, they've got all of these different Star Wars games on mobile, and, like, all of them are just, like, pay-to-win or grind-fest to, like, unlock characters, and, like, there's no storytelling. And that's what drives me nuts, personally, is, like, some of the best Star Wars stories ever are not in the movies. Some of them are in games, some of them are in the cartoons, some of them are in the novels and to see this like giant void of gaming over the past, you know, eight or so years since EA signed that exclusive contract, it's just really disheartening. And it makes me sad to be a star Wars fan who also enjoys gaming. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, we used to get a a game that was just the motion picture game. Every time, yeah. like there was a Star Wars Clone Wars, there was a Star Wars Phantom Menace game, and there was a Star Wars um, Revenge of the Sith game, and they were all super different. But at least we had them, and they were fun. Uh, I mean, as, as far as I remember, they were fun. Revenge of the Sith was a little weak, but yeah, they weren't like super high quality, but they were fun, and you could you could scratch that itch, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's not. I'm not expecting a battle. Battlefront 2, or Star Wars Battlefront 2, like the first Battlefront 2, every time. I'm not expecting uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And, and I understand that we're slowing down the rate that games are released. I get that. but Well, because the they're so expensive to make and things like that as well, you know? Yeah, but I need to scratch that itch. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm going to ask a Star Wars-related question at the end Uh, for our closing question, so just be ready for that. But uh, let's move on to our competitive corner. Dylan, do you have anything for us? Uh, Yeah, so League of Legends has started back up again with the LCK, and I believe that this is the first week of the new League of Legends Europe game, uh, the the U Europe League, which the name of it is suddenly, I'm spacing on it, but we know that the NALCS is kind of completely rebranded because it's no longer the NALCS. It's just the League of Legends Championship Series, which is NA exclusive. We, I'm really excited for it. They've announced the start date, which is weekend after this, as well as the tickets are on sale. Uh, but the really big thing I kind of want to talk about is SKT uh, 1-2-0, and they have basically a, almost an entirely new roster. I think actually, I think it's still just Faker is the only person that that stayed on the team. Wow, which is pretty incredible. I mean, he's the, he's the god of gaming right now, and so it's it's good to see them win. We saw a similar thing last year. They they looked pretty strong early on, but uh, then they kind of faltered throughout the season. So I'm excited because this is another super team. This is Faker and Mata. Mata is, I would say, historically. Uh, the only other player that can come close to Faker's level of dominance. He's played in multiple leagues. He is definitively the best support of all time. And having both of them on the same team is is really incredible. I haven't got to watch the games yet, but I'm excited to go back and watch that. However, Griffin has also 2-0'd their opponent, and they were a super team from last year. They were the super team that didn't end up going to Worlds, if I remember correctly, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the League of Legends seasons to kind of start rolling, uh, and start watching that stuff again. Perfect. My big question for you is as a avid League of Legends esports connoisseur, have you reinstalled the game? Are you still playing? I, so I have played some, uh, the, like the ARAM mode. I've played non-serious modes. I have not really playing the game though. I would say, I would say I've not playing the game. I don't crave the game anymore like i used to it's just kind of uh, i had some friends ask me to play and so i i joined up um i i but i kind of do this every time I, i'm never really interested in in preseason play and it's because i know that it's not gonna it's not balanced yet it's not i basically look at the game as not being a good game yet and usually it's not until the summer but 
I don't usually start playing until the rake season starts. So I'm hoping that I, I'm not going to take it the same way that I have. I'm overly competitive about it. Um, but no, yeah, it's installed. I just haven't been playing it at all. I've been doing other stuff. Nice. Nice. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, the big news I wanted to touch on for Competitive Corner before we close out is uh, Fortnite and their weird esports experiment. Um, I still don't know if it's good. I've watched a couple. It's interesting. It's different. Uh, but the big thing that Epic has done for the past two major tournaments is they have introduced a essentially god weapon uh, the day of a tournament. And now they said that we're going to stop doing that. Um, because it was just kind of making tournaments very unbalanced. Uh, people would show up and whoever found this item would essentially wipe the floor. Nobody knew how to counter it because it would just go live two hours before match time, you know? This is so dumb. I mean, it's so, so stupid. And I can't believe it took two tournaments. Like, fool me once, shame on me, but fool me twice. And... Especially the one with the sword, where it was three of the top five players like used it to win. I mean, yeah. Huh. Why would you? Especially for the amount of money that the winners get and how good it is for your game. Like, because these aren't they aren't epic tournaments, right? I, I my understanding is that these are outside sponsors putting together these, right? Correct. Uh, epic typically like sponsors the tournament be it through advertising or, you know, showing up and providing IT support and on-site staff and stuff like that. But as far as I know, they are organized by the community themselves. Yeah, and this is just, it's really sad, and it it slows their growth. And this is, again, we've talked about it, it's a different kind of eSport, it's a whole different thing. I We want to see it grow, I want to see where it goes, and this... I don't know. It just feels like this is something that you can look at history and know that this is a bad idea, that this is a bad thing. I mean, especially since they are involved in some capacity. I get it where when esports were first coming around, then the communities that were forming tournaments and and turning video games into an esport, they had no control or real contact with the, the publisher. But in this case, like, there's no excuse for this behavior. Yeah. Well, and I think, and it's one thing that I have problems with, uh, specifically I had a problem with it during Overwatch League Season 1, is the pros would be playing on different patches than what I would be playing at home. So it made it very difficult. Sometimes they were patched behind. I think at one point in Season 1, they were actually a patch ahead, but only for like four days. Until the patch hit live servers and to have these like weird splits in content for your player base and your pros, I think is really complex and I think really needs to have a good eye to look at and everything like that. But I think that this is, you know, a 360 and the opposite direction or a 180, excuse me, in the opposite direction where, oh, everybody's playing on the exact same patch no matter what, so we can do crazy live events like, you know, the weird floating orb and stuff like that. But 
you know, oh, it's tournament day, so there's going to be this really powerful sword that's only going to be available for one day. I think that's taking it too far in the other direction as far as, you know, patches versus, uh, versus you know, live patches versus pro patches. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I get, for me, I'm I'm all for protecting competitive integrity in this situation. And so the, yeah, basically what you said. I agree. I don't know. It's frustrating, but I'm glad to see that Epic has realized the error of their ways and wants to correct it because I think it'll make for a healthier sport in the long run. Absolutely, I agree. And especially, I mean, Epic is now hitting that point where all of these other publishers are either adding a battle royale mode or are are put are going to push out content that is battle royale um that's like its own game and if there is a better one for esports because of things like this then they will start to lose out and they're in a really strong spot right now and i'm i'm happy to see them succeed um i i do think it's a, a unique space well and i think it's it's just good for the industry honestly the more the industry succeeds, whether it be Fortnite or Overwatch or League of Legends or StarCraft, whatever. Um, I think it's just good for the whole because I think in the next five years, five, six years, we're going to see what defines esports for future generations. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and I mean, really, don't stop doing Fortnite dances. All right. Rebel at all costs. Unless, like, don't get hit by a car because you're doing the middle of the street. That's dumb. But Fortnite dances are totally cool. I agree 100%. So uh, let's move on to our closing question. And uh, Dylan, I said earlier it was going to be a Star Wars question, and I did not lie. So my question for you is if you could make any Star Wars game that has to come out within the next two years. You have two years to make a Star Wars game. So be realistic. What would you make? Um, it would be a it would be a Star Wars RTS comboed with like an RTS Dynasty's Warrior Dynasty Warrior combination that is Star Wars. Okay, so so let's say uh Almost like a Warcraft 3, but from a third-person perspective where you play the hero. So, yes, but, like, um, so there was a Warcraft 3 mod called, it's called, like, Gods, Knights, and Peasants or something like that. And certain, like, one player was God, and then there were, like, no, God, Kings, Knights, and Peasants. And a couple players were Kings, and a few more players were Knights, and then a few more players were Peasants. Um... And so, sort of like that, where you have, like, the RTS general, who is maybe in, like, an orbital battlecruiser, who is ordering the ground missions, and then you have other players, like, on their team that are playing as heroes on the battlefield, um, working with the kind of um, chess master uh, in some regard, and and then it's that team versus, like, another team with, with a, a similar objective. I like it. It sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, that's the that's the dream game. I mean, it wouldn't if it was Star Wars, super rad. It could be a lot of different things. What about what about you? Like, what's the? Um, I would because this year, twenty nineteen, we are getting uh, the conclusion to the Skywalker saga, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, episode nine is coming out in, you know, 11 months. I would uh, actually do like old school side scroller games in the vein of Super Star Wars for the Super Nintendo. But I would do episode seven, eight, and nine. Oh, that would be really fun. Yeah. Just like 20 bucks, all three movies. You know, you pick, do you want to play as Finn? Do you want to play as Poe? Do you want to play as Ray? You know, throw in a couple levels where you get to play as Super Edgelord Kylo Ren. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And just 2D side scroller, hard as nails, blaster bolts everywhere. Yeah, that's what I want. And that's, that's simple. I have a Star Wars uh, adjacent question. This has nothing to do with gaming. Okay. But you just mentioned this, the end of the Skywalker saga. Uh-huh. Is it is it at the end of Kylo Ren's story? Yes, absolutely. He's the Skywalker in the situation. That's okay. That's all right. That's that's where I that's how I feel about it. I just was was curious. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh man, like there needs to be a Skywalker in this movie, and it should be Rey." And the answer to that is there is a Skywalker in the movie. Uh, it's Kylo Ren. Like Rey can be her own thing. That's what makes Rey so cool, in my personal opinion. I agree. Oh, another another one. Uh, Darth Maul and Super Smash Brothers. That's can that be can that be a Star Wars game achieved in two years? Uh, <laughs> sure. I don't know. I kind of really like low key. One of the things I really, really, really missed. Do you remember Soul Calibur? What was it four? Yes. You could play as Darth Vader Yoda and Yoda. Darth Vader, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that was that was super hype. I loved that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I definitely don't want a standalone Star Wars fighting game, but Star Wars characters featured in fighting games, I'm all for and about. Yeah, absolutely. Or like honestly, like give me a Rogue Squadron game, give me a TIE Fighter game, like there's so many awesome power fantasies in Star Wars that, like, it should not be, you know, regulated to shooter, end of list, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so many options. Those those are great. Like, when was the last... The, the PlayStation 2 pod racing game was so good. The N64 so was the N64 one. one. Yeah. Was also so good. And, I mean, they're just racing games. Yeah, let's take two minutes of film and turn it into a 40-hour game. Good luck. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think that pretty much sums it up for uh, both of us here at Not Enough Resources. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We've got some cool stuff coming for you in the immediate future, um, including some fancy new beats and some cool new header images and things like that. Uh, As always, if you have any suggestions, comments about the show, what you want to see more, just let us know. You can find us online on Twitter at N-E-R Podcast, and you can reach out uh, through roguesportal.com as well in the comments section of each episode. Uh, with that, Dylan, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Uh, floss your teeth, and don't forget lip chat. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Remember to floss those teeth, and when you're playing games online, There's people playing with you. Everybody's just having a good time. So always remember to be kind to your fellow gamers.